Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by National College Football Editor Mike Huguenin of On3. Uh, Mike and I are going to talk a little college football, uh, go down the Big 12 slate, uh, see what he's thinking uh, might be the outcomes of some games, uh, have a little discussion as well. Uh, Mike, first, before we get there, what was your big takeaway from week one in college football? That Ohio State's defense uh, looks greatly improved uh, with Jim Knowles calling the signals. Uh, he, he's earning his money. Um, and Georgia, I was surprised that they looked that clean on offense. Um, you know, and that may be sort of counterintuitive considering they lost all that defensive talent, but I didn't think the defense really was going to have issues. But Stetson Bennett looked tremendous. Um, the receiving core looked really good. I mean, they scored 49 points and Brock Bowers didn't do anything. Um, I don't know if Georgia is truly that good, if Oregon is really that bad. But, I mean, from about midway through the first quarter, you, you realized, oh, my God, Georgia can name its score because Oregon was – basically powerless to block them and powerless to stop them. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought Georgia looked very strong, very clean, I think was a great word to, to describe. It almost uh, looked like a surgery against uh, <laughs> Dan Lanning and those guys at, at Oregon. All right, uh, what I want to do today is uh, the Big 12 actually has a tremendous slate of games yeah. this week. It really does in the non-conference uh, schedules. Uh, there are uh, 10 games, I believe, uh, but only one of them is a, like what I, or two of them are kind of gimmies. Uh, Kent State versus OU and Tarleton State uh, from Stephenville, Texas uh, and, and, and TCU. So I'm not, not even going to ask about those two because I think those are just gimme games. But the rest are very interesting to me. Uh, and I'm going to go uh, start with the very last one of the day, the 930 at night game. Baylor goes to BYU. BYU uh, favored by three. Baylor ranked number nine in the country. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think they're giving BYU a little too much credit. Um, I know Baylor has, you know, a new quarterback, Blake Shape, a new feature back. They don't have a go-to receiver yet. They lost some key dudes off their defense. But you look at what BYU wants to do. BYU predicates everything on being able to run effectively up the middle. I don't think they can run effectively up the middle against Baylor. That is a great defensive line. Um, Siaki Ika takes, you know, he eats up double teams and lets everybody else sort of float to the ball. Um, I think that BYU's defense can hold up against Baylor because, again, I think Baylor is still sort of finding its way offensively. But if if Baylor can force Jaron Hall to throw it, and I think they'll be able to, uh, I think Baylor is a better team. I think Baylor is faster. Now, obviously, the BYU home crowd will be important. The high altitude will be important. But I think in a game that both teams pride themselves on being physical, uh, I think BYU will be more physical and, and win. I don't think they're going to need the three points. I think they're going to win by about a touchdown. Oh wow! I'm I'm going even though it's at BYU. I'm going with Baylor on this one, Mike. I just feel like uh, the Bears, to your point. Uh, I, 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 I think Baylor wins by a touchdown. I'm sorry. I think I said BYU. I think Baylor wins because I think Baylor will be able to stop the BYU running game. Yeah, that, that's where I come out. And um, you know, this is one of those games. I, I said it's kind of a referendum weekend. It is a little bit for Baylor for sure. You know. Uh, a year ago, uh, they uh, had all that defensive talent. Uh, now they're now a lot of it is gone, and they have to reshape the offense at the same time. Uh, 
yet both teams are ranked. It's an away game early in the season. Um, was that Sugar Bowl victory just a one-year fluke for them, or is this going to be a thing under Dave Aranda? Um, so I feel like it's a, a big, big game uh, for Baylor going to uh, Provo. Uh, all right, let's go to Houston. This is the second game I thought was really, really interesting. Houston plays against Texas Tech this weekend. Okay, Houston ranked 25, coming off a heart, uh, thrilling triple overtime win over UTSA, a UTSA team that Texas sees next week. Uh, you know, Texas Tech favored by three and a half, uh, lose their starting quarterback in game one. Um, your your thoughts on, I mean, Houston's the one that's ranked, but is this a, a case of a smaller conference team being overranked because of their opponents? Uh, well, it's early in the season to be saying that, but they go to they go up against Tech, and all of a sudden Tech is the three-and-a-half-point favorite here. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin-Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin-Marshall credit card bill. And Tech beat them last year, and that was a really good Houston team. Um, yeah, Tyler Shuck is out. Donovan Smith's going to be starting. Um, this is a really fascinating coordinator matchup. You got Zach Kitley versus Doug Belk. Both these guys are considered rising stars in the business. You know, Houston lost a bunch of guys off their defense that are now in the NFL. I still think, though, the Houston defense, um, it had some issues last week with UTSA and obviously Texas Tech's passing offense is vastly different than UTSA's. But um, I think Frank Harris hurt him last week with his legs. I don't know if Donovan Smith can do that. Plus, I think the fact that Houston's going to have a game under his belt, they can do more stuff now defensively, Doug Belt can. And I think Clayton Toon uh, and Tank Dell are, are going to do some damage against Tech's secondary. Uh, I Houston running game is a little bit sketchy because McCaskill's out for the whole year. Uh, but I think Houston goes on the road and wins this game. I think the Houston defense will step up and make some plays. But most of all, I think that the Houston offense, I think Toon and Dell can do some damage. And I think last week you saw Houston sort of mess around offensively in the first half. I don't think they're going to be messing around on Saturday. I think that, that from the beginning, Toon's going to the air, and I think Tank Dell can do some damage against that Red Raider secondary. Yeah, I'll, I'll flip that on you. I'm, I'm going to go with Tech here. Uh, I don't know if they'll cover, uh, but I think Tech's going to – when uh, people got to remember, Tech Tech finished the year strong too, uh, a year ago when uh, uh, Sonny Cumbie took over as head coach uh, midway through the season. They they ended up finishing strong with roughly the same uh, players in the grouping. So I, I just feel, for one reason or another, I feel like Tech, uh, even though Clayton Toon, I do appreciate him as a quarterback. Dana Holgerson there, uh, I'm going to go with Tech on that. That that game kicks at three o'clock on FS1 Central Time. Uh, Let's talk about another one. Mizzou goes to K-State. Another kind of local rivalry game between two conferences. Uh, K-State favored by seven and a half right now over Missouri. I I mean, look, I, I expect good things from K-State this year. I don't know that I would give them a touchdown against a Missouri team, even though Missouri is, uh, you know, they're not great in the SEC, but they are, they, they are showing like they have some talent at times. What, what do you think on this one, Mike? 
Yeah, I, you know, K-State, obviously, Adrian Martinez, a new quarterback, he was very – man, he was barely adequate last week. Didn't even have 100 yards of total offense. Forget 100 yards passing, forget 100 yards rushing. He didn't have 100 yards of total offense. I also think they played things extremely close to the vest. They didn't have to do anything to beat South Dakota. So um, Deuce Vaughn is a stud. Mizzou last year was gashed repeatedly on the ground. I don't know how much better they're going to be against the run this year. I think Tech, I think K-State wins. I think K-State cups. I think they're a better coach team. I think defensively, Missouri's breaking in a new starting quarterback, Brady Cook. I don't really think he's all that. Um, the, the main rusher is Nathaniel Pete, the transfer from Stanford. Um, the receiving core, Luther Burden, the five-star true freshman, is a stud. But I think K-State, I think that Adrian Martinez will do more this week. I also think Adrian Martinez, now that the offense isn't centered on him, will be a more stable quarterback. At Nebraska, I think they asked him to do too much, uh, and the pressure got to him. Um, with the Wildcats, it's like, dude, Deuce Vaughn's the guy. Don't do anything stupid. Let Deuce do everything that needs to be done. So I think Martinez is going to play well this year. I think Martinez will play well on Saturday, and I think K-State wins and covers. It's interesting. I, I would probably – I'm picking – I pick Mizzou to win that game outright for some reason. I, I feel like uh, it's going to be interesting um, what exactly K-State ends up being. They, they have some missteps early in the year usually, although this game is in Manhattan. All right, um, another big game. Uh, this is the 3 o'clock game on the Big Ten Network. Uh, it's uh, two safeties in a field goal, Iowa versus, versus Iowa State. Iowa just getting two safeties and a field goal last week still comes out the winner uh, against Iowa State. This is in Iowa City, so Iowa, the Hawkeyes are the home team, three and a half point favorites. Is this really just a pick 'em game, and they're giving Iowa three points for being at home? Because I don't know that you can see either of those teams and say, "Hey, I really got a beat on what they're what they're going to be this year." Exactly. Iowa has won six in a row in the series, but my God, their offense last week—I watched it. It was. You almost it like elicited laughter because you're like, this is a team that brings. This is a third year starting quarterback. Um, they they were they were touting their offensive line, and I've seen more cohesive Pop Warner teams with eight year olds playing. Because my daughter was a Pop Warner cheerleader, I had to go to games. I mean, that offense was embarrassing. Um, the defense is legit, but. I, I, I like Matt Campbell. I like Iowa State OC Tom Manning. And surely they, they realize that as long as we don't screw this up, we should win because our defense, even though it's sort of rebuilt this year, is not going to have problems stopping that inept offense. So um, Hunter Decker's the new quarterback for Iowa State. Jarrell Brock, the new running back. Uh, I think they can do enough against, you know, heck, I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I think if Iowa State scores 10, they win. And I think Iowa State will score 10, and I think they're going to win. Because, again, I don't think if, – if anybody watched Iowa's offense last week, again, seriously, you laugh, and also at the same time you're like, my God, the fans should get their money back for watching something this inept. Now, the defense is so well coached by Phil Parker. Jeff, uh, the Jack Campbell, the linebacker, this kid's an All-American. They got a really good secondary, a really good defensive line. But um, they also played a team last week that couldn't move the ball on. I think Iowa State will move the ball enough to score 10 points and, and win the game. 
Um, one more, uh, one more uh, Big 12 game. We're leaving on the sideline here. Oklahoma's favored by 32 and a half at home against Kent State. Not really going to talk about that. TCU, I don't even think there's a month, there's a line because they're playing Tarleton. You know, why would there be? Um, that's a name it score, probably. Um, but the one more, this is an interesting one early. Kansas goes to West Virginia. West Virginia coming off a big loss to Pitt. They're favored by only 13. I thought this would be a higher line. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You wonder if there's going to be any residual effect from losing the backyard brawl in the manner which they did. West Virginia I played better than I thought they would, and that was sort of a gut punch loss. The, the pick six off off a great pass from JT Daniels. The receiver coughs it up. The guy takes it in stride and goes back for a touchdown. Um, Kansas, we don't, we have no idea how good Kansas is going to be. They they played a, a FCS team last week. Lonnie Phelps, the the mind of Ohio transfer, I believe had four sacks. Uh, and obviously, Kansas is at least well coached now. Lance Leopold knows what he's doing, um, but. I don't think if you're if you're Leopold, you want to play a conference game this early with this new this many new faces uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, and you're right. I think Kansas. That's the line. Isn't yeah. You're right. The fact that Kansas is on the road against a Big Twelve opponent and the line's only thirteen. That is sort of that's a lot of respect being shown to Kansas. Um, I, I think West Virginia wins. I think they cover. But I think Kansas is going to get somebody in the Big 12 this year. I don't think it'll be West Virginia. I think it's more likely to come in a game in Lawrence. But, again, if there's any sort of hangover effect for WVU, um, this will be close into the fourth quarter. Because, again, I think Kansas is a well-coached team. They just don't have a heck of a lot of talent, obviously. Yeah, I, I think that the days of Kansas being not, not uh, in the 30s, from the uh, point cover spread is, is uh, a, a right. move forward for the Jayhawks and the Longhorns certainly hope they're not the team that gets got, gets caught in uh, Lawrence this year. That would be a, that would be brutal for Steve Sarkeesian. All right. Um, last game in the big 12 that I want to talk about. We've got a couple of national games to talk about too. That's Alabama, Texas. Um, we've talked about it at inside Texas a lot. Uh, I, as you can imagine, Mike, I know that you've thought about this game. Going back, we talked about this six months ago when you and I first met and uh, discussed the uh, when you and I first discussed the upcoming season. Uh, you know, Alabama enters uh, twenty point favorites against Texas. The line has moved up. Not that I'm a big tracker of the lines, but that does uh, tell me a little bit, maybe. Um, what are your thoughts uh, on Alabama Texas at this point? Yeah, I think Alabama wins. I don't think Texas can stop them defensively. Um, you know, Alabama last week, I would argue that they didn't have to break a sweat and they won a 50, 50 plus. Uh, and Bryce Young throws five TD passes and runs for a hundred. I don't think this is, oh my God, Bryce Young is a dual threat quarterback now. I think it was more, 
along the lines of the pass rush broke down and Young realizes there's nobody within 30 yards of me. I'm going to run. So um, you still wonder about the Alabama go-to receiver aspect. Uh, last week it was Trey Holden. He is not an elite receiver. Um, the running game is going to be fine. The defense is going to be a heck of a lot better than it was last year. And obviously, if you're Quinn Ewers, if you're the offensive lineman, if you're the offensive staff, if you're a Texas fan, every time Texas snaps the ball, you're looking, where's number 31? Where's Will Anderson? Please don't hurt anybody. Because um, you got to figure that Pete Golding and Saban are going to have some things set up where you know they, they're going to get Anderson in some one-on-one matchups. Um, and again, I don't, I don't think Texas is going to be able to effectively keep Anderson consistently out of the backfield. He's going to make some big plays, I think. But I think the biggest issue is going to be stopping Bryce Young, getting pressure on Bryce Young, stopping Jameer Gibbs. I don't think Texas is going to be able to do that. Yeah, Texas last week showed a, an improved defense, but against against ULM, what does it really matter uh, is kind of the, the thought process. At the same time, I do feel, having been at the game, I felt like it was a mo more cohesive unit. But that's, Alabama that's, is one of those yeah. – yeah, but, but Alabama's one of those teams that can rip that to shreds, whether you're cohesive or but not. But I still think the, the, the cohesive thing is, I think, you, you and I, we talked about in the past, have we known each other for 30 years. If, if you're cohesive, you generally play with more confidence. And I don't know if, you know if you have a bad defense, like, like North Carolina right now, I got to think that every single defensive person on that staff is like, we are horrendous. How can we get better? Whereas I think if you're Texas, you're feeling, okay, we didn't look horrible against ULM. We did some good things. We made some plays. We tackled relatively well. Uh, they didn't. We didn't get up any chunk plays. We we did what we were supposed to do. And I think that there is a confidence level you can take into a game against Alabama. You're right. That the vast difference in talent is between ULM and Alabama is yeah, it's large. But yeah, I, it's I like still it's think it's, it's like it's like as wide as the Grand Canyon. I mean, it, right. that, and that's I think the reality of it. Right, and uh, I think that, again, I think there's confidence can only take you so far. Um, I, I don't think Texas is going to be able to stop Alabama. I think they get a couple early stops, though, and that could be interesting. Right. Conversely, if Alabama gets the ball in its first two possessions and drives 75 yards for scores, it's going to be a really, really long day. Yeah, and, and I think that that's going to be – we talked about that on Inside Texas on Thursday – Alabama likes to jump on people early and this uh, assert their yes. dominance, right? And just sit on you so that they can have a two-way go the rest of the whole game, uh, play the reserves. Uh, you know, fourth, the second-string quarterback in, enters in the uh, fourth quarter, and here we go, right? That's what Saban likes to do in preseason games, even against really good teams. Um, USC a couple of years ago, right? A, a really talented teams like USC a couple of years ago. Um, but I think for Texas, the takeaway has to be how hard do you play and how long are you are you playing hard, right? So even uh, – I, I compared it to the 1998 UCLA game when Texas went to UCLA. It was Mac Brown's first year. Uh, Texas was down, uh, I think, 42, uh, 42 to 7, uh, I believe was the score at one point in time uh, in entering the fourth quarter. Then Texas outscores UCLA 21-7 in the – in the fourth quarter, Texas ends up, uh, Ricky Williams ends up winning the Heisman uh, that year, uh, and Texas ends up winning the Cotton Bowl uh, simply because they didn't quit on the game. Uh, they kept trying to improve. And I think that this Texas team 
is very similar to that one. It's a team that's going to be better later in the year than it right. is early in the year because you have Quinn Ewers, a brand new starting quarterback, uh, getting used to the offense. I, I just feel like that's that's one of those things. I, I feel like I, I picked Alabama to cover here, um, and I did so because I just feel like they've got too much firepower on both sides of the ball, uh, really from a uh, just a elite player standpoint, even though Texas has a couple of elite players themselves. Yeah, I can see Alabama winning something like 56-24, something like that. I think you, you're right. You mentioned Ewers, and you're, you don't want him to, to – you don't want this – again, I think they're going to lose. You don't want the loss to carry over. You want to be able to have Quinn Ewers come out of this game feeling, hey, I made some plays. And I'm, I am interested in seeing if the Texas offensive line can open some holes for Bijan Robinson. What can Xavier Worthy do against the Alabama secondary? Um, can Texas keep Will Anderson out of the backfield? I, I think there are some interesting Texas offensive players that could make – they're going to make Alabama work defensively. I think the key is you got to make sure the Alabama offense works extremely hard, and I'm not sure Texas can do that often enough on Saturday. Yeah, I, my, my, my piece there is this, uh, is I don't know that Texas can score 24 against them unless something – unless I'm just not seeing something because this Alabama defense is loaded. Um, as, as loaded as I've seen a, a defensive unit uh, under Nick Saban, and that's saying quite a bit. All right, three more games I want to go to and, and hear what you have to say on these. These are all SEC-type national games uh, because they're, they involve either multiple ranked teams or intriguing games. Uh, Kentucky at Florida. Uh, what do you think of the uh, Gators after their big victory against Utah? Yeah, I'll be, I was surprised Florida won. Um, their defensive front is a gigantic concern. Uh, Utah finally sort of, I thought the first half they messed around a little too much. Second half they ran the ball right at Florida and they had tremendous success. You figure Kentucky wants to do the same thing. The problem with UK, Chris Rodriguez is out under suspension. Ramon Jefferson, the Sam Houston State transfer, blew out his knee. So basically they're down to Cavassier, Smoke, and a bunch of other guys who nobody knows who they are at running back. So how well does Will Levis play? Uh, and can Kentucky – which isn't as good defensively as Utah, what can they do against Anthony Richardson? Florida's receivers are not good. The running backs are good. The offensive line is good. And Anthony Richardson is a legit star playmaker. Uh, I think Florida wins. Uh, the, the covering, the spread, uh, I'm not so sure they do that. It will be interesting to see if Florida can live with success because this is a team that under Mullen – frequently followed up big wins with very mediocre performances. So let's see if Florida can maintain its intensity and focus. Again, I think Florida wins, but I don't know if they cover. I don't think they cover the spread, frankly. Uh, hey, tell us, do you think Will Levis is, is le legit the Kentucky quarterback? Some people are saying he's top five pick in the draft. Is he legit like that? I think he's a he might be a top five pick because he's a quarterback and he's 6'4", 230 with a big arm. But this dude, he threw 13 picks last year, 13. He passed for more than 179 yards in an SEC game once. So all this, oh, my God, Will Levis is awesome. I still sort of want to see it. He struggled mightily against a horrible Florida defense last year. I mean, he was bad. So uh, maybe Florida's got something for him. We'll see. They got to get pressure on the kid. But again, I, I, I'm still waiting. This I get the fact that he has a lot of traits that NFL teams like, but 
13 picks, man. That's a lot of picks. Yep. South Carolina at Arkansas. Uh, the Gamecocks go to Fayetteville. Uh, and this is kind of one of those games where uh, we see whether or not Arkansas kind of carries over from a year ago, uh, right, and is able to uh, carry forward that momentum. South Carolina had some momentum going into last year. They've got a new quarterback now and Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma transfer. How do you see this one? Yeah, Rattler did not play well last week, and neither did South Carolina as a team. They they beat Georgia State. They scored 35 points, but two of their touchdowns in the second half were on block punch return for touchdowns. Rattler threw two picks, had one intercept, uh, sorry, two picks and one touchdown. South Carolina ran for 79 yards total against Georgia State. So that bodes ill going forward. Arkansas is obviously a lot better. Uh, I think that Arkansas wins and covers the spread. I think the one concern I have about Arkansas, their receiving core is not very good. Um, but I think defensively they're going to have their way with South Carolina. Mike, tell me a little bit. This one's an interesting one to me because uh, Tennessee under Josh Heupel uh, has got some momentum right now, I think. They're, they're really excited about the, their program. Pittsburgh beat West Virginia last week, uh, last minute kind of deal. Uh, Pittsburgh had a, you know, won the ACC or, you know, in it last a year ago, excuse me, won the ACC um, with under Narduzzi. Where do you think this game goes? Tennessee favored by six. Yeah, Pitt won last year in Knoxville. Uh, Kenny Pickett had a huge game. And that was a game where Joe Milton started, got hurt, and they realized, you know something, Hendon Hooker's better than Joe Milton. So, and Hooker is a really good quarterback in that offense, can hurt you with his legs and with his arm. Um, Cedric Tillman's a good receiver. Uh, the, the small kids, of Jabari Small's a good running back. Tennessee's defense isn't much. Um, but, uh, you know, just like Pitt won last year in Knoxville, I think Tennessee wins this year in Pittsburgh. I don't think the Pitt defense – um, their run defense was shredded by West Virginia, absolutely shredded. And I think Tennessee can run effectively. The one concern I would have for Hendon Hooker, Pitt, Pitt does have a great pass rush. They had 48 sacks last year. The Baldonado kid's a NFL talent. The Cansey kid at defensive tackles, an NFL talent. Secondary can be torched. So I, I think that Tennessee is going to score some points. And I don't think Pitt – last year Pitt won a shootout. Uh, I don't think that Keaton Slovis uh, is anything close to Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think he's going to have some problems with a mediocre Tennessee defense, and I think Tennessee wins by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think you and I are on the same page. I, I think Tennessee has too much offensive fire, firepower that Pittsburgh just won't be able to answer. All right, not a huge – not a great slate of games nationally overall this week. It's the calm before the storm. Of course, there won't be a calm in Austin, Texas. Uh, college game day, Biff Fox, big noon kickoff, both in Austin uh, for, you know, two teams that have been in drastically different directions since uh, the 2010 national title game. Uh, Nick Saban cementing his legacy. Uh, Texas, uh, Mac Brown got moved out uh, because he just wasn't keeping up. Uh, and then two coaches later, both, Tom, uh, both Charlie Strong and Tom Herman couldn't really get it done. Texas is now in the second year of Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, they do have some promising players on offense in particular, and, and I think that uh, Texas fans are anxious to see exactly what happens uh, to the Longhorn. All right, Longhorns. All right, Mike, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Mike of On3 Sports, a national college football editor. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton, and this has been On Texas Football.